Amen. <laughs> Guys, I'm excited about um, this theme for this year. I am, I am glad that everybody... How many have we got here this morning? 21. Who said 21? Joe, Joe did. Joe did. We were all making kind of friendly wagers. No money involved. <laughs> Just friendly wagers on how many were going to be here. And, and we had a 17, an 18, a 19, a 20, and a 21. So we were all like real bunched up together just trying to outdo the other one by one. And it looks like Joe was the winner. So those of you that are online, we are glad that you are with us as well. And listen, we just want everybody to be safe. And, and if, that is, if that's your decision for what's safest for you, then God bless you. Uh, we support that. Uh, we know that, that things are getting a little crazy again. And so each, each one of us has to make those decisions for ourselves, what is safest for you and, and where you feel. We just, we just want to make sure that you are with us every Sunday, whether it's in the building or online. We just want to be together as a body of believers as we move forward. We've just moved out of, and we summarized last Sunday, uh, this theme of do something, of uh, looking at the fact that God equips each and every one of us for specific ministry. Now we're going we're gonna to build on that and realize each one of these builds on each other. In 19, we looked at uh, come together, how we could build unity with each other. And building on top of that, in 2020, we looked at uh, moving forward in faith, that spiritual growth aspect. And then building on top of that, we looked at do something in 21. Now, building on top of that, we are looking at evangelism this year. Let me tell you about my Jesus. We're going to be focusing on that this year. We're going to be doing some series that are more, uh, uh, later on in the year, that are a little more evangelistic oriented. Uh, because here's one of the things we want to ask you to do. During this series, and this is going to be a seven-week series that kicks off this theme, let me tell you about my Jesus. During this series, we're going to ask you to be thinking about somebody. And it may be one individual, it may be two or three individuals, but somebody that you could share the gospel with this year. And we want to encourage you, after you choose them, write their name down somewhere where you are reminded of them on a regular basis. You're praying for them throughout the year and realize you don't just say, hey, let me tell you about my Jesus and if they shut you off, you completely forget about them. No, you're making a commitment to this individual or small group of individuals at least for this year in 2022 that you're going to pray for them, you're going to look for opportunities to invite them to things, whether it's a Sunday morning service or your small group or special events, what we, events, what we call bridge events, uh, sometimes throughout the year, something that you can, can invite them to. And listen, we're not asking you to pound them over the head with the Bible and say, you know, turn or burn or anything like that. We're just, we're just encouraging you to pray and then look for opportunities to walk through open doors. God will open those doors. Okay? And, and you don't have to pull. If fruit is ready to be pulled, you don't have to pull too hard, right? And so that's what I encourage you to do throughout this, throughout this series to, is to come up with at least one name or maybe a small one. Here's what I discourage you from. 
don't come up with a list of like 20 names. That's going to be overwhelming. <laughs> I would encourage you to, to keep your list small, and even if it's just one, that's fine. But we want to reach people with the gospel. We want to tell people about our Jesus. <laughs> you know, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. When we go out to share the gospel with people, you know what that is? That's wisdom working in us and through us. That is a wise thing to do. You can help somebody with their finances. That's great. People need help with their finances. You can help people in a hard time when they need a shoulder to cry. And you know what? That's great. We need to help people during those times. You can help somebody when they're going through a struggle and you just kind of walk with them through that struggle. And you know what? That is wonderful. That is great. We need to do those things. As a matter of fact, that's what we focused on the majority of last year and do something. We're reaching out to people like that. But the wisest thing we can do is to lead somebody to Jesus. To lead somebody to Jesus. And I don't mean to diminish those other things because they are not small things. Those are huge, huge things. But nothing is wiser than leading somebody to Jesus. <laughs> because that doesn't just change their life for their time on earth. That changes their life for eternity. <laughs> we heard the Scripture passage read in, um, from Matthew chapter 28. Verses 18 through 20. This is what is oftentimes referred to as the Great Commission. I heard a one minister put it this way. He said, this is the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. And, um, you know, we are, we are commissioned. We have a mission to follow through with this. This was the commission that Jesus gave before He was to ascend back up into heaven. He's like, I've, I've spent all this time with you. I've taught you. I've walked with you. I've mentored you. I've coached you. And, and all these things so that you can do this. And it says in that passage that Jesus came to them and He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. And since that authority is in His hands, this is what He says, therefore, go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And let's, let's just pick that apart for just a little bit, okay? <clears throat> Jesus is saying, okay, because of my authority, I have authority in heaven and on earth, here's what I want you to do as a result of that authority. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. He has commissioned us. Listen, not just to our neighbors, not just to our family, not just to our, our area, not even to our state or our country, but to the nations. To the nations. And some of you may not realize this because we don't talk about it a lot, and that's probably our fault. We should probably talk about it more. But there are some missions that we support as a church. And in essence, what we're doing through that is we are helping in this endeavor to make disciples of all nations. How do we do that? Well, the first step 
is baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When you, when you share Jesus with somebody and they are ready to make that decision, you walk them through that decision. Listen, you could call me up and say, hey, so-and-so wants to be baptized. Or guess what? You could do it yourself. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to be an ordained minister in order to baptize somebody. You can do it. But if you'd rather Joe or I do it, we would do it. Okay? And, and we don't, we don't care. We will, we will go out of our way to do a baptism. Okay? If you want to, if you want to call me at 2 a.m. in the morning, like, hey, I've got this friend. They just came over. They woke me up and they said they want to be baptized right now. Can you do it? I'm like, absolutely. Let's go. All right? Because that's how serious this stuff is to us. I've heard Joe say many times, of all the things that we get to do as ministers, baptizing somebody is the greatest. You know, that's the best thing we get to do. Why? <clears throat> because that is the first step of making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But we don't end there, okay? Sometimes, traditionally, I think churches have, have failed people in the fact that... <clears throat> You know, especially ones that are real strong in evangelism, they they work and they pray and they and they do all they can to get somebody to Jesus, and then they walk up the aisle and they they decide to follow Jesus, and we go, okay, we got this one, let's go for another one, and we just kind of let this individual fall by the wayside, and then we wonder why six months later they're not coming to church anymore. It's because we let them down. We let them down because there's a second part to this commission, right? Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's discipleship. That's what we looked at a couple of years ago. But we did, just because it was a theme a couple of years ago doesn't mean it's still not a part of who we are. It is. And so we've got to do that as well. That's how we make disciples. We introduce them to Jesus. They make that, that, that decision to follow Jesus. They're baptized. And then we disciple them. We work with them and help them along the way. Listen, I could tell you a number of people that have discipled me over the years and continue to disciple me because you realize that's a never-ending process. This side of heaven, that's a you're never going to get to the place where you go, okay, I'm, I'm spiritually mature enough. Um, let's go on to something else now. No, we don't get there. But we want to continue growing in that process. And if we're going to grow, somebody has to help us. Somebody has to help us. Listen, I've been in, in ministry, what, 25, 30 years now, I guess. I don't know. Um, I still need discipled. I still need discipled. I'm in a different place than I was years ago. But I'm not perfect. And if I'm not perfect, I need to continue to be discipled and mentored and coached to help me in my spiritual growth. We are all on this journey together. And you know what? We help each other in that. When we do our small groups, you know what we're doing with each other? We're teaching each other what Jesus, uh, teaching each other to obey what Jesus has commanded. We're, we're discipling each other in our small group settings. And so we want to continue to do that. And listen, I know I know, and I am with you. I mean, you think I get up here in front of a crowd, I don't have any fear, but I do, okay? 
I don't have a whole lot of fear about getting up in a crowd, but one-on-one evangelism sometimes still scares me. Like I said, I've been, I've been in ministry 25, 30 years, and that still scares me sometimes. So if you're scared, that's okay. doesn't mean you're odd. It just means you're, you're probably just like most of the rest of us. That that typically does not come comfortable. Throughout the course of the year, we will talk about some things that will hopefully make that a little more comfortable for you. But what we want to talk about right now is realize that what Jesus says in this passage of Scripture is that I am with you always to the very end of the age. When you tell somebody about Jesus, you're not alone. Jesus is right there with you. And if you listen real closely, you might be able to hear Him whispering in your ear going, yeah, that's it. Good job. That's what I did in your life and now you're telling them that's exactly what I want you to do. Great job. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. (laughs) Because Jesus has sent us out. Just like the Father sent Him, He has sent us. He said as much in John 20, 21. And Jesus Jesus said again, Peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent Me, I am sending you. You see, what the Father sent Jesus to do, Jesus is sending us to do. Why? Why? Well, we're going we're gonna to look at four things here. <laughs> and I, and I, I believe the first one is this. The reason we should tell people about Jesus is because it is a continuation of Jesus' mission. It is a continuation of Jesus' mission. Just as the Father sent Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is sending us. To spread the good news. To spread this Gospel. To let people know who Jesus is. We are called to be witnesses. You know, in the the New Testament, we have the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And all four of them talk about the life of Jesus. What He came to do. What He did. What He taught. How He was a sacrifice on the cross. How He rose on the third day. How He ministered to people. How He spread the Gospel to people. He shared the good news with people. He made a difference in people's lives. Not only in the temporary here on earth, but also in the eternal up in heaven. Those four books show us the ministry of Jesus. And then right after that, there's this book. It's called The Book of Acts. Anybody ever heard of that one? It's a real cool book. If you haven't read it, I would encourage you to read it. It talks about how this small group of 120 followers of Jesus grew and grew and grew and grew. I mean, on on the day of Pentecost, they grew to 3,000 in one day. Right? I mean, that's, that's some enormous growth right there. And then it just goes, to, um, goes on to show us how it continued to grow, not only in Jerusalem, but in the other areas as well. And it all kicks off from this, this little verse in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now, a couple years ago when we went through the book of Acts, we, we focused in on this verse. This is kind of the, the focus verse of the book of Acts. And Jesus is talking to them, and they get the they get to ask good questions. Is this what you're going to restore 
Israel, and is this going to happen or is that going to happen? And, and Jesus is like, hey, don't worry about that stuff. Here's what you need to know. And in Acts 1.8, He says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, into the ends of the earth. Now, let's look at this verse for just a little bit. <laughs> you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. As a follower of Jesus, you have received this uh, power of the Holy Spirit within you. Matter of fact, later on, Peter even says in Acts 2.38, we don't have this one on the screen, <laughs> but he even says, um, when the, after that first uh, Gospel message, they said, okay, what do we do now? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And what's going to happen? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, as baptized followers of Jesus, we have that gift of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. That power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And He's saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be My witnesses. What's a witness? A witness is somebody that's just sharing with other people what happened. Right? You've heard me say it many times. You don't have to be an expert in the Bible to tell people about Jesus. you just got to be an expert in you and what Jesus has done in your life. You're just a witness. This is what's happened in my life. As a matter of fact, next week we're going to be talking specifically about how to share your story with other people. Because we are witnesses. And, and, and notice how this works. And, 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 if, and if I'd have thought about it, I should have put up a map here, but I didn't think about it. I apologize for that. But, but it, as you look at this verse, it says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the town that they were in at, the, at that point. So he's just, he's just kind of looking locally there. This, we're gonna, you're going to be a witness in this area. But then it goes on to all of Judea and Samaria. And those were the two areas, if you go north and you go south, those were the two areas that kind of surrounded Jerusalem. And then Jesus goes on to say, and to the ends of the earth. Wow. I mean, where is, where is the ends of the earth? I mean, Bronx maybe? I don't know. Harlem? New Jersey? I don't know. I don't know where the end of the earth is. <laughs> But I imagine it's much further than what we think of locally. Listen, our, our call through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and what's the main ministry of the Holy Spirit? There's a lot of things. We could talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. We should do a series sometimes just on the Holy Spirit. But I think one of the main aspects, if not the most important aspect of the Holy Spirit, is He gives us the power to be witnesses. Witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses in Glen Cove, all of Nassau County and Long Island and the state of New York and the United States and the world. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to be witnesses about the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, there's, there's a mythological story. This is not in the Bible, okay? So please don't confuse this with a story from the Bible. This is not in the Bible. It's a mythological story, but I love it. It's a story that after Jesus had come down and He had, 
he had ministered and, and done all this and, and, and said in Acts 1.8, you know, you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then he ascends back up into heaven. And, and the angels gather around Jesus and they're looking down on this ragtag group of degenerates that Jesus has chosen to continue His ministry, to continue what He spent three years of His life just pouring into. And, and, and they're looking down. Again, this is a mythological story. This is not the Bible, but I love the lesson behind this. They're all looking down on this group. And one of the angels says, okay, Jesus, what's next? And Jesus says... They are going to continue my ministry. They will continue to spread the good news and minister to people. They will continue to share the gospel with people. And they will receive salvation because of it. And the angel looks at Jesus and then looks back down at this ragtag group of people that Jesus has chosen. And he looks back at Jesus and he goes, okay, what if that plan doesn't work? What's plan B? And Jesus looked at the angel and says, I have no plan B. He's left it in our hands, folks. He's left it to us to carry on that ministry. Sometimes we do well and sometimes we don't do well. And when we don't do well, don't beat yourself up. Just recognize it, repent, and move forward. Move forward. And continue to tell people about Jesus. Why? Because it is the continuation of Jesus' mission. <laughs> the second reason that we should tell people about Jesus. Because I believe it is the greatest thing we can do. It is the greatest thing that we can do. I mean, stop and think about it for a moment, folks. <laughs> At the end of this life, there are two choices. There is a heaven. And there is a hell. And Jesus talks about both. Paul talks about both. We see descriptions of both in the Bible. Although I don't think the descriptions of either one of them does, does either one of them justice. Because <laughs> I don't believe words can adequately describe how great heaven is going to be. And I don't believe there's words to describe how horrible hell is going to be. But we do know we have these two, de two different destinations at the end of this life. Now you tell me, what is more important? Helping somebody with a temporary financial situation? Or changing the, their eternal destiny as to which direction they go? Again, I don't mean... It is not my intention to belittle other types of ministry. We need to help people in those areas. We need to help people financially. You know what? I've been helped financially in my life. And I would, I would have been up a creek without a paddle. Y'all say that up here in New York? Okay. I would have been up a creek without a paddle if it had not been for those people that helped me. And then I've had opportunity to help others in financial situations like that. And you know what? As much as I bless them... I received even more of a blessing out of that. I don't, I, it is not my intention at all to belittle those types of ministries. Matter of fact, Jesus did those ministries. 
And I believe they go together. It's not an either or. It's like, do we minister to people's physical needs or do we minister to people's spiritual needs? Both. Jesus did both. Paul did both. The church in the New Testament did both. We need to do both. But in the grand scheme of things, what is more significant? I believe the greatest help we could do for anybody is to introduce them to Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And that name they're talking about is Jesus. His name is Jesus. <laughs> not a specific church. Not a specific theological mindset. But Jesus. The individual. The person. He is where salvation is found. And guys, if you understand that, you have the greatest news in the world. Let's tell people about it. It's the greatest news in the world. Let's tell people about it. The third reason why we should tell people about Jesus is because, and I've already alluded to this, it is eternal. It's, etern it's not temporary. You're not helping somebody for a week or a year or even 30 or 40 years. You're helping somebody for eternity. It's forever and beyond. We are making an eternal difference in people's lives when we're able to share Jesus with somebody and they respond to that. Now understand, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, this year, um, understand you can't make the decision for them. You can't force them into a decision. You can't keep, come on, come on, you gotta, you know, and it's not like pulling them into a room, okay? Because uh, what I think it was Zig Ziglar used to say that um, he convinced against his will is of the same opinion still, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> so if you're forcing somebody, that's not going to work. But you just want to continue to share and continue to pray and continue to look for those open doors be able to comfortably ask somebody to maybe just tiptoe in. Listen, some, some people are going to be more responsive than others. And some people will be like, oh, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And you're going to be like freaking out. You're going to be like, wow, I didn't know it was this easy. <laughs> but with, with the others, it's not going to be that easy. Right? And maybe a, a, a cookout or a picnic that the church is having and you invite them to that, that may be, that may be the only open door they're allowed to for you to open at this point. And if it is, but we're making an eternal difference in people's lives. And the fourth reason we should tell people about our Jesus is because it gives our life meaning. It gives more meaning and significance to our lives here on earth. Because again, we are making an eternal difference in other people's lives. I love what Paul said in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. This is a pretty extreme language here. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing. Okay, Paul. Nothing. After all that Paul has done, he considers his life worth nothing. 
And then he goes on to say, my only aim is to finish the race, finish this race that God has set out for me, and to complete the task that the Lord Jesus Christ has given me. And then he explains that task. He says, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That, that the only thing, according to Paul, the only thing that's giving his life worth is to finish this, this faith journey, this, this race that he's on, and to testify to the good news, the good news, the good news of God's grace. Telling people about how great this is, how beautiful this is, how wonderful Jesus is, how wonderful salvation is, how wonderful it is to follow Jesus. His one and only task that he felt God had called him to do was testifying to the good news of God's grace. Listen, we're going to be talking about that this year. Matter of fact, we've got one series that's titled, What's So Amazing About Grace? Right? We sing about it a lot. Why do we sing that? Why do we sing about amazing grace? We're going to be looking at that. Because His grace truly is amazing. I'm not even sure the word amazing adequately describes it, but it's about as close as we can get. And Paul is saying, this very task is what gives my life meaning. Being able to share the Gospel, the good news of God's grace with other people. Listen, Rick Warren, who many of you may, may be familiar with, he's one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite preachers. Um, I've read a lot of his stuff, listened to a lot of his stuff. He tells this story about his dad. His dad passed away in 1999 from cancer. And his dad was a, was a minister as well for, for over 50 years. He was a minister. He built churches in, in foreign countries um, where they had where they built church buildings. People are the church. <laughs> but he would go in there and build church buildings and, and stuff. And his, his drive in life was telling people about Jesus. <laughs> he just wanted to share the gospel with people. And Rick Warren tells a story of him and his wife sitting in, in the hospital room with his dad. And his dad was, was getting to that point where he, was, he wasn't unconscious but he wasn't fully conscious either and he was dreaming a lot and he would talk as he was dreaming he said one day they were there and he was he was going through one of these dreams and he began saying i gotta reach one more for jesus i gotta reach one more for jesus i just want to reach one more for jesus and all of a sudden he started getting out of the bed <laughs> and rick horn's wife went over there and kind of Kind of put him back in the bed, say you can't get out. And he, he just kept repeating, I want to reach one more for Jesus. I got to reach one more for Jesus. And Rick Warren said he stood up and he came over to his dad and was trying to talk to him. And he said his dad just laid his hand on him and he goes, Reach one more for Jesus. Reach one more for Jesus. As if to commission him, Hey, I've done my part. It's time for you to carry this on. <laughs> Guys, let's just reach one more for Jesus. Let's just reach one more for Jesus. As we close out this message, I want to leave you with these two questions. And I encourage you to ask yourself these two questions. They're going to be on the, on the screen. What keeps me from telling others the good news? Is it fear? Is it not knowing how? 
Is it the fact that you've you've tried it before and you were met with with anger or or whatever? What is it? What keeps you from share from telling others the good news? And then the last question is, what am I doing about it? Listen, it's okay if you've got something that keeps you from telling others the good news. That's okay. But it's not okay if you don't do anything about it. What are you going to do to overcome that fear? What are you going to do to overcome that past experience of of rejection? What are you going to do if you feel like you don't know enough? What are you doing about it? What is keeping me from telling others about Jesus? And what am I doing about it? Let's pray. God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for the salvation that you've given us, dear Father, through your Son, Jesus. God, help us to not keep that to ourselves. Help us to share that with others because it makes an eternal difference. It is the continuation of Jesus' mission. It is the greatest thing we can do and it gives our life meaning. God, help us to overcome any any fears or inhibitions that we may have in sharing the good news with others. And God, I pray that You be with us throughout this series that we will literally write down at least a name or maybe a few names of those that we want to reach with the Gospel of Jesus before this year is up. And we pray for Your empowerment and help in that. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.